Chapter 76, Peter's Plea. The entire mollusk tribe, a hundred strong, were arrayed in a semicircle in the beach around Leonard, Molly, Peter, and the others. The first light of dawn was showing in the sky. It caught the sharpened pink shells that formed the spear tips of the mollusk warriors. They'd crept silently from the jungle, while all attention um, had been focused on the mermaid rock. Um, now they stood watching the warriors in front, spears poised, waiting for orders from Riding Prawn. Who on earth are they? whispered Leonard. They live here. They captured us before, but we got away. They're called the Mollusks. The old man is their leader. He hates Englishmen. You might have mentioned this to me, Molly, the fact that, we're, that there are hostile natives on the island. I forgot, said Molly. You forgot? There has been a lot happening, said Molly. As she spoke, Fighting Prawn came forward with the confidence of one who is well aware of the overwhelming superiority of his forces. Ignoring Leonard and the other star catchers, he walked up to Peter. So, boy, you were not lying about the magic. No, said Peter. Fighting Prawn looked around at the others, then at the trunk. And there it is, in that box. Magic that makes people fly, makes animals fly, turns fish into women, or women into fish. He nodded toward the mermaid rocks. Yes, said Peter. We'll take it said Fighting Prawn, signaling his hand with his hands. A dozen warriors started forward toward the longboat. The Starcatcher crew drew their weapons, swords, and pistols. The warriors stopped, looking to Fighting Prawn, who was turned calmly to Leonard Astor. Tell them to drop their weapons, he said. No, we can't let you have that trunk. You are not in a position to decide what we can have. Your people might hurt some of mine, but there are too many of us. We will win, and you will die. I have watched you from the jungle. I can see that you love this girl. Do you want her to die? Leonard looked at Molly, then back at Fighting Prawn, and shook his head. No. Then tell your people to put down their weapons. No, said Molly. She's right, said Peter. He'll kill us anyway. They kill all strangers on the island. That's what he told us. That's true. I told you that. But I won't kill you. I need you to show me how the magic works. I can see it has great power. I can see you even fear its power. So, to use it, I need you. That is your guarantee of safety. Leonard was silent for a moment, then spoke softly. All right. Father, don't, said Molly. Molly, look around us. He's right. Even if all we can do is... Here, he gave Molly a significant look and touched the locket chain around his neck. Some of us will die. We'll do as he says for now. And perhaps we can uh, work something out. Again, he touched his locket chain. He turned to the Starcatcher crew. Drop your weapons, he said. Reluctantly, they obeyed. Now tell them to get out of the boat, said Fighting Prawn. But they're, leave they're to leave the magic box where it is. Leonard gave the order, and the Starcatchers joined him on the beach. Fighting Prawn turned and made a series of grunting and clicking sounds. Immediately, the Starcatchers were surrounded by the warriors, who began to prod them to move down the beach. "'Where are they taking us?' said Leonard. "'Just a short distance there. I want to take a look at the magic box, but I don't want you close enough to try any Englishman tricks when I do. You, boy, you come with me. If you try anything, your friends will pay for it. Do you understand?' "'Yes,' said Peter." The mollusks herded the starcatchers along with Elf and the other boys, about 25 yards down the beach. Fighting Prawn and Peter walked to the longboat, its prow resting on the sand. They climbed inside. The trunk lay in the bow. Fighting Prawn went forward and touched the lid, resting his hand on the smooth, dark wood. How does it work, boy? He said to Peter. I don't know, said Peter. Don't lie, boy. I've seen you fly. Yes, but I don't understand it. It's very pow powerful and it can do many things, wonderful things, strange things but also bad things, if the wrong people have it, and there are. Listen, I can't explain all of what's going on. It's very complicated, but you must believe me. You will be much better off, much better off, if you let that man take this trunk and leave the island. Fighting Prawn shook his head. If he leaves, he said, more will come, and more. 
No, boy, I will keep him, and I will keep the trunk, and with this help I will learn to use its power. And when I do, I will make sure no outsider dares set foot on the island ever again. Peter was about to try another plea, but when he heard the sound behind him, running footsteps slapped on the hard-packed sand. Fighting Prawn heard them, too. Their heads turned, and they saw, coming hard, coming fast, a cutthroat crew led by a scowling figure with sword held high. Black Stash. Chapter 77. Stash's attack was perfectly timed. Thanks to his veteran pirate grasp of tactics and a, bit, a big piece of luck, he and his men had been watching from the palms of the strangely dressed figures, or er, as the strangely dressed figures had transferred the treasure into a new wooden trunk. The men, especially Smee, were somewhat unnerved by the gleaming gold costumes, but Stash had convinced that there was an indication that this was an indication of how rich, how fabulous the treasure was. Those who possess it wore golden clothes. He watched as the figures had loaded the trunk into the long boat. Such a lovely boat. So nice of them to provide it for me. His plan was to spring the attack just as the longboat reached the beach, and he was about to give the order when, no, the savages appeared. For several horrid minutes, Stash was filled with rage and despair, thinking all hope was lost. But then came the incredible stroke of luck. For some reason, not clear to Stash, the old savage, the leader, sent all the others down the beach, leaving only himself and the boy, the cursed boy, with the longboat. It was perfect, and with a few whispered instructions, the plan was quite simple. Stash had whispered, now and the attack was on it took only seconds by the time the boy and the old man had turned their heads the pirates were at the longboat by the time the old savage had shouted it was in the water moving away from shore with the waddling shmee bringing up the rear just barely making it aboard by the time the cursed boy had got to his feet in the prow just in front of the old savage blackstash was upon him his sword drawn goodbye boy stash said smiling he lunged his sword forward to the tip of his blade aimed at the boy's heart and the boy disappeared in fact he flew straight up but so quickly that he had la- or did he launch himself that Stash never really saw it, and thus no chance to stop the thrusting sword, which continued right through, plunging deep into the chest of fighting prawn.